Welcome to a Drop Tent Media Production. The Porcupine with Adam Nutter. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to The Porcupine. I am, of course, Adam Nutter. Uh, real quick self-plug, um, July 10th, uh, us, me and Neil Wood, again, the guys at Drop Tent, are bringing back our uh, monthly comedy show over at the Pop-In in Chalfont, PA. So, guys, July 10th is the first show, Saturday night. Tickets are available on all of our social media and online. Go get them. Those will sell out. It's it. The show goes every month, so sell out. It will sell out. Go buy your tickets July 10th now. Great. All right, guys, I am super psyched for my guest today, comedian, host of the Christy Mar- uh, Mar podcast, um, also on Compound Media. Give it up for Chrissy Mayer, everybody. Ooh, <laughs> happy to be here. Thank you, and sorry for all the tech stuff before. It's all <laughs> it good. It is what it is. Uh, no, but thanks for coming. Um, so real quick, again, we're both comics, and we both are in a world of where most of our peers lean one way politically. Oh, and, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And that's something that we have to combat. I have my way of combating it or working around it. Um, how was your experience with that whole co- the comedy world and the woke stuff and the SJW stuff and our peers and just not agreeing with how we might think or feel? Yeah, like ultimately you just have to. That's I guess what the last year has like really taught me. It's like you you have to be strong in your own convictions and your own common sense and. And like really try not to be swayed by peer pressure and in an industry where everyone says it's all who you know and your gigs come from your relationships and you you should care what the this booker or that gatekeeper care about you. Uh, there's a lot of pressure to like bend to to somebody else's will or to bend to somebody else's opinions. And, and it's also we're in a job where like it's it's our job to speak our minds Um it's so it's tricky. I mean, like I, I feel good about where I'm at right now because I think I've spent years kind of, um, making a spot for myself. Cause I, what, like I've said another podcast, like I was very woke and lefty, uh, like very feminist right out of college and, uh, did intern. Like I, I did an internship at, at Conan and I was like, wow, comedy, these are my people, but nobody's, uh, like politics wasn't really, I didn't feel politically engaged at all because I didn't really care about anything passionately until I saw, it's been like a whole journey, but until I really saw like free speech being in danger, uh, I, I didn't really care about anything at all politically. And, uh, but, but coming out of college and first starting my stand up journey, I was like politically aligned with the left and I was like total lib, total feminist, like, and I was doing and saying all the right things and uh it's now looking back it's like even though I had the right opinions like my career wasn't taking off and I don't know if that's because that's when I was brand new at comedy or what or I just you know wasn't kissing the right people's ass who knows but like I know I I know I spent years having the right opinions and it's not like my career exploded for it so as I got older and wiser, um, my sense of humor started to become like, I guess, like less and less politically correct. And I just was like uh, hanging out with my friends. Uh, we, we all kind of make fun of everybody 
the way I was raised, we're, we constantly, like my family, like we shit on each other. And I think that's just out of being passive aggressive and not like talking about our feelings, but it did help to shape <laughs> my sense of humor. And, uh, I think after my mom died in 2018, like a lot of space opened up for me. And I, I think I started to really think about like what kind of person I want to be and like what I want to stand for and what I want to go for. And I started going on compound media doing characters on In Hot Water, just like whatever unstable woman was inspiring me at the time. Like <laughs> yeah. I did a Credit Thunberg impression. <laughs> I did like woman trapped in dumpster, clothing donation bin. Um, like I just, I was having a really fun time and I felt like it was a, a good way to express myself. And then it was weird. Like I started to go on Compound Media and uh, and it's because before that I had hosted a show at the Stonewall Inn for six years. It was like, the gay show, right? And I'm I was also like, you know, still registered Democrat. Again, like tons of gay friends, feminist, hating men, like doing all the right <laughs> things, right? And uh so it was an interesting transition period. Cause of course, like I've always loved and still love gay people. Like I'm I'm like sort of socially very like liberal. I in a many ways I consider myself like a classic liberal even still. Um but maybe more, you know, certain politicians bring it, bring it out of you. Like I, sure. I was not for Trump at first. I came around on him only like maybe in 2018 or something right. through meeting Larry and talking to other libertarians, re realizing that like, oh, maybe I'm starting to align with this group more. And it's a big chunk of your identity that you have to be willing to kind of let go of, especially when you're not like an expert. You're like, oh, no, this is my group. These are my people. <laughs> um so it's weird because on one hand, I had this great show at the Stonewall Inn and certain people are being nice to you and maybe they're kissing your ass because you host like probably the best LGBT stand up show in the city. Uh, I would get people from the cellar to, to guest spot and uh, it, was, it was always a really strong show, always really packed out. And I dealt with a lot from the booker of the venue to keep that show going for six years. A lot of me bending over backwards, a lot of me sinking my own money into advertising and then many times he would he'd be like, "Oh, we have a really urgent Madonna sing along next week. We got to cancel your show, or can we move mm. your show?" An urgent Madonna sing along. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, it's like they're, they're, they are, they still are, um, a national and uh, like local or state uh, landmark. So, but at the same time, like yeah, they get such a huge flow of tourists. Like they don't need to be a comedy venue, but I worked so hard, like to carve out that Saturday night spot and just fought so hard for it. And he'd be like, Oh, like when he noticed over time that I was pulling these huge crowds, he'd be like, Oh, can you just do it on a Wednesday? And I'd be like, you're an idiot. You don't know how this works. Like yeah. we're not going to get the same lineup no. if we do it on a Wednesday. Um, also it's just comedy's better on a Saturday night, I think for that kind of venue. So of course, also people drink. So it's like, you're not going to get, ha I mean, real pieces of shit get, or, or us get hammered on Wednesday nights. Cause we don't have anything oh, of course, to do. Of course. But, like, but I mean, for like, right. yeah, certain real world people. Yeah. And, uh, so it was an interesting transition. So I'm still booking that show while I am starting to go and make appearances on compound media. And, uh, like it was like kind of slowly over time, you know, people, I, I could see opinion, people's like opinions of me started to change just from my being involved with compound media. But I found like, as I started to like grow up and like grow into myself, I was like, no, these are my people. Like I have the most fun hanging around these guys. I laugh the hardest when I do their, these podcasts. 
Um, so it was after maybe, I guess maybe a year or so, or maybe a little less of doing these guest spots and in hot water, I thought, okay, I want to pitch a show. So June of 2019, I pitched the wet spot to compound media. I was like, look, there's no female run type shows on this network. There's no like soft subjects of like sex dating relationships. Right. So I pitched that and they liked it. I did a pilot episode June 11th of 2019. It got picked up. I started doing it the next month in July. It was like really, really exciting. Um, but yeah, like over time started to get like blowback, you know, started to like, uh, it was a combination of like joining up with compound media and then like my sort of red pill time, and kind of coming around like, yeah, Trump's not that bad and, and just everything, like a, a huge personal awakening. Like I started to just lose friends left and right. And I and it was good. These were all like really good lessons I needed to learn because it ultimately taught me like, oh, you got to stand up for yourself and like no one's going to coddle you in this industry. No one's going to like there's no comedy community. Everybody's like, I mean, yeah. of course you have your good friends, but there's no like. Ultimately, at the end of the day, everyone's kind of out for themselves, unless you create your own stuff, you know. Um, but you're kind of groomed at the beginning of your comedy career to be like, oh, I have to get a, a late night spot. I have to get seen mm -hmm. by JFL. I have to I have to have the people at Comedy Central like me. And I found that my involvement with Compound Media kind of put me at odds with all those people. And kind of very early on, I was banned from the creek by Rebecca Trent for like dumb personal reasons. Like mm. he, she was just very jealous and pissed off that I was dating this guy that she had been dating, I guess the summer before we got together. Um, so there's an example of like, that's not even politics. That's just <laughs> yeah. like they're dumb shit that can, that can screw you over in comedy at any time. Because it's like, there are just humans, you know what I mean? Like a, a lot of people were bitching about Jeff Singer a couple weeks ago, right, like, yeah. Oh, misogynist. He's, homophobic whatever this is x y and z reason why he didn't book me and i and like he didn't book me either i could have very easily jumped on that train and been like yeah i found a misogynist i'm like yeah he's just one dude who didn't find me funny <laughs> right didn't find all of us funny right and didn't pick us for whatever reason I, does it really matter if he was in his late 50s and old school or maybe felt a certain way about seeing a similar like you know gay guy routine over and over or similar females tell similar jokes like maybe so but who cares it's comedy is, is such a subjective there's there's never going to be like an objective gatekeeper it's is, impossible isn't that also though kind of his job like yes, to, his to, job right is to pick. And you just don't like that he didn't pick you <laughs> right because that's a fair criticism to be like hey i've seen this act a hundred times already uh i think we're gonna pass and if you happen to be a gay comic be like, well it's because i'm gay it's like well no because i heard the same gay jokes for four years in a row maybe or the same type of material for four years in a row so i it's not that maybe make a better one or a new one or more yeah so that's that's a that's a fair pigeonhole to put him in and you have to just like really try to like take a step back and be like if you were the booker for jfl tons of people would be unhappy with you as well because you didn't pick them you know it like and at, by the same token, I'm sure plenty of women and gay guys have gotten gigs and opportunities specifically because they are either women or gay guys. Like it's it's hard to notice the times in which being in your specific category has helped you. But it's, of course, easiest to, you know, bitch when it doesn't go your way. So, yeah, I mean, I wasn't picked by uh, Jeff Singer either, but. Like I, if at the time I was like, yeah, what else? Like, who else am I getting rejected by? Okay. Big deal. Like time for me to make my own thing, mm -hmm. find my own way. 
I was starting to notice that like a lot of fans in compound media were really liking me. I was noticing that my road gigs were doing great. I was getting more of them. Uh, the audiences were filling up. So I'm like, okay, like I have fans here. And over the course of a few years, like I just really learned the lesson of like, yeah, if you're sitting around, you know, doing spots in the city, kissing ass to get on a produced show, like whatever it is, like in the hopes that a Jeff Singer or a Rebecca Trent or a like whoever, a Luisa Diaz, whatever the like, uh, whoever the booker is that you, you know, you need to be in their favor. If you, if you're hanging around somewhere just to be around someone who might book you on a thing, like, okay, I spent years doing that. But once I realized that the most powerful thing is to, find your own fans and like really do what you want and work on getting better instead of trying to like kiss everybody's ass and, and be in the right place. Or like, you have to just do you as hard as you can get, get your mailing list in order, get your website in order, make your content, be regular about it. And it's not necessarily about the late night hang or the five minute tape um, like that's all part of it, of course, but I've seen so many comics that I think have ultimately become like surly towards me because they've never thought to find another way. They've always, they've been t like 10 plus years still pining away for that JFL look or for that late night spot or for like whatever opportunity. I've seen so many comics who do get a late night spot and then it, it doesn't change their careers right. at all. It, it's just not going to propel you into stardom the way it did, you know, couple decades ago as we all know but that's what the biggest lesson for me was is like the rejection by all these people really helped me like find my own way it made me want to work harder not in like a kind of like fuck you i'll show you man but in a good way yeah i think everything everything happens for a reason no and so i think all sure. those years of rejection uh helped me figure out like what I really want to get out of this and like what really matters to me. And especially with all the censorship of the last, yeah, I guess like couple of years, I would say for the Trump years was where it really kicked off. Right. I mean, let's be yeah. honest. Like those were ramped up the real cancel culture. And yeah, cause it was, I, I guess uh, predated cause of him, not predated uh, predecessor off of him. Right. Like it was like his, his presence made a lot of people be like, Everybody oh, gotta yeah. go. Like, you know, anybody well, he was like such yeah. a dark horse candidate, right. like the establishment did not want him to to right. win. You know, obviously regular zombie Democrats didn't want him to win, just people who don't and I didn't I really didn't I was in that box too. I didn't like him at first. I I voted for Jill Stein in twenty sixteen. Like yeah. what the hell did I know? I wasn't trying to <laughs> I wasn't trying to figure anything out. Yeah, so, so I, I guess Chris, my, my 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 Trump question then to you is like are you Actually, no. Let me ask this first. Are you politically now Republican or are you like libertarian, but a Trump fan? Like, there's a, there's a difference. Like, because like my wife liked Trump, but she hates the Republican Party because she thinks it's trash, and she's right. But like, she's not libertarian yeah. either. She's more, I guess, she's kind of more libertarian than she's anything else, but she's not officially. So I, I'm thinking, like, are you kind of like her, like where you're like, I kind of lean libertarian. So. Both but, you parties know. truly are trash. Yeah. Um. That like the GOP has been like so weak and um like just it's hard to respect them at this point. Um, and it seems just like everybody on the left is just like, they're insane and they're living in another reality. So I, I do think I'm with like, there's so many people right now who feel like politically homeless. And uh, I don't know if I'm, I might even still be a registered Democrat, but I think I do definitely align more libertarian. 
Yeah, would would you ever think about like switching parties and like fully making the jump over and be like, I'm this is my thing now, <laughs> and, like just yeah. go, yeah, yeah, I might. It's just like, you know, everyone's got like a huge long to do list. It's like, of okay, I'd do it. Yeah, if it if it kept me from voting, I I mean, it's like it's like if it if it ended up being like really important, I, I would switch my party. But I'm just it's like I'm like, oh yeah, it's another thing I have to do, you know. So you were now obviously. Uh, down uh, at the uh, Capitol on the day of, right? You were there like the whole weekend? I was there the whole weekend. Yes, I had been covering the the Trump rallies um, all le- in the months leading up to it as well. I was there in November for the Stop the Steal rally. I was there in December. I forget, like with the, I don't know. Oh, maybe it was Million Mega March. Yeah, I forget what the names were each time. But I went because I was like, I don't feel like the mainstream media is like really showing us all what's going on. They just, um, they were really downplaying it. They were saying there's barely, barely anybody here when really they were just choosing to cover it at times before people were really right. like arriving. And, um, yeah, I had been pretty inspired watching a lot of, uh, folks do man on the street work, like Austin Fletcher from Flecka's talks and Elijah Schaefer. I'd been like watching them over the last year being like, mom really inspired by what they do they really get in and talk to the people and uh there's like something really brave about that like of course i wasn't i'm not rushing into like a blm rally i'm not trying to get like my face beaten in but uh i was <laughs> yeah. like yeah i can cover these trump events like this is gonna be safe like uh and so i went you know the first one was november i was blown away with how diverse the people were there with how nice they were with how with, with how um excited people were to come talk to me and of course it was the folks from like who they or their parents are from like Venezuela or like wherever, or like some other country that's like, uh, you know, uh, had been socialist or something. They're like, yeah, we're heading in the wrong direction. Like we've lived through it. We came <laughs> right. to America to get away from this shit. And here we are. So they're very passionate about that. So right away I saw, okay, everything that the media has been telling us about the MAGA movement and about Trump supporters is a hundred percent wrong. Cause these are the nicest, most diverse group of people I've ever been around. And uh, so then I went back in December and then I was like, all right, yeah, I'll go January. January's the big, like, you know, it was going to be the bigger one. I mean, they were all, they were all big. I think November was probably, yeah, that might've been the million mega March. Slightly less people in December because like they were a little disorganized, you know, people ended up just kind of following, like congregating around whoever they follow online. It's basically like. Yeah kind of influencer led and Alex Jones always rolls really deep. Like he has a ton of people, like he is just flanked by security and he walked really fast and he's a presence too. He's a big energy. Might've been the December or the November, um, protest where I was like, like just walking maybe like 10 feet away from him. And I was like, Oh my God, this is so cool. Like he's there. And he obviously has a ton of fans. Oh yeah. Everyone- fanboying out uh but he's very commanding too he's very commanding presence it might have been the december one december or november where there was like a they uh (laughs) they tried to just get him like impromptu to speak and i think god i can't remember who was on stage she had just put out um a documentary she i think used to work for Infowars. i don't know if her name was mindy or mandy or or something but she had just put out a document. Anyway, so the, he and his group were trying to like, everyone's going, let Alex speak, let Alex speak. And he wasn't like a planned speaker. Right. And maybe he had been kind of like ousted from the, the, the speaking lineup. I don't know. But he just walked like 100 feet away, took 
like at least half of the audience that had been watching the planned speakers, like just he is a magnet, you know, he just attracts like he'll he'll pull people everywhere he goes and everyone's just like so uh like you know entranced like just hanging on every word everyone's trying to get him a different loudspeaker a different like you know speakerphone that works better like it's really like it's amazing how the ways in which people come together uh at at events like these and so yeah i'm just there i met my friend Riss Flex, who has a youtube channel that i really came to admire over the last year like she had covered a lot of conspiracy topics and while I was sort of becoming red pilled I was watching a lot of her stuff and she's very well researched she likes exposing like uh corrupt politicians but she's also like it's like how many girls are on YouTube talking about conspiracy theories so she was very interesting to me and I reached out to her and we became friends so we ended up meeting up at a couple of these protests like doing the same thing we're doing man on the street stuff we're trying to talk to people and like you know, like, who are the Proud Boys? Who, what kind of people join? Like, what are you guys really about? What do you think of the stereotypes? Like, just talking to regular people uh, at the protests. Like, where are you from? Why is this important to you? Like, why do you love this country? Blah, blah, blah. So, figured the same thing would be with the deal with January 6th. You know, you have each one of these protests is like, sometimes it's organized, sometimes it's disorganized. Some people are just following their person, but there had been a little bit of a schedule for January 6th. It was like, okay, like there are going to be some speakers in, uh, what was it? The ellipsis or something like president park. I forget for what time it was like. And then Trump didn't get on to speak until like noon. And then 1 PM was the, this planned. Cause I remember I would see the schedule was passed around social media for like definitely the days leading up to it. And then one o'clock was the planned marching March point at the Capitol building. We're all going to march there. So there was never any kind of like planned break in. There was never like whispers of a insurrection or takeover. It just was like, this is like every other rally where there's planned spots to move to, to like, keep it interesting right? (laughs) and keep it moving. And it was so cold that day. It was so funny listening to people around me. They're like, you know, a couple of people who do, who are conspiracy minded, but like they're making it extra cold for us today. Freeze us out, you know. The ions in the air, man. They're they're freezing it's the ions. Like, all right, dude, calm down. Cold, though, and I was like, I might start to believe in that. Yeah, I mean, what would it take? Probably not much. So, and me and Rest, like we had left. Like Trump was still speaking, and I just I remember hearing him say, like, yeah, like we're gonna march over there peacefully. He was never in his speech, like saying anything like crazy or trying to like encourage us to be violent like that's insane and and of course like if there were any proof of that it would be all over the internet by now um so a bunch of us like left kind of early to go to the capital because we're like it's fucking freezing we just want to start moving again like start walking again so we left to go over there and it it was exciting it was like this huge you know regular march over there Exciting for me, just talking to the regular people and seeing the costumes. There was a guy in a skeleton costume who said, I voted for Biden nine times. Like, that's the stuff that I live for. That's funny. Families, kids in strollers, dogs in strollers, dogs in costumes. Everyone's like, oh, so many people selling Trump merch. Like, everyone's got their own little side hustle, side business. It's, like, really exciting to see that because they could clean up. Everyone's... it's like a big concert. Everyone's there. Everyone wants to buy the shirt. You know, everyone believes in the same thing. Everyone believes the election was uh, perhaps borrowed. So, 
And uh, so we're all marching over there. And then me and Riss like hung back when we when we could see the Capitol building because we were like, oh, well, we don't want to go right up to it right away. Like, we're just going to see what's going on. And uh, we we're kind of interviewing more people. Somebody had a radio going of like what was going on inside the building, like what kind of proceedings were happening. We weren't at the time. I didn't quite know like what was going on inside the building. But later on, it was figured out that they were, I think, about to talk about like the election proof like that okay. i'm trying to get you demonetized but they were i think they're about to talk no, about fine. <laughs> uh the evidence of uh you know ballots and stuff i guess and uh so we didn't really quite know what was going on there sometimes we would see like a smoke bomb go off but we would be like oh is that a firework somebody had is that a smoke bomb are they just trying to like keep the crowds at bay like we just we didn't see a lot of activity and we're like all right it's, it seems pretty tame still and then we just see more and more people walking up to the building and families, kids, dogs. We're like, yeah, let's let's get closer. Sure, why not? So then we walk up closer. Then we're right up to the building. It's it's exciting. It feels like Woodstock might have felt. Everyone's got their blankets out, picnics, dogs, kids, listen to music, just hanging out. People have their flags. You know, people are like chanting stuff. Like it was chill. Everyone's just like right. standing on the lawn. And um me and a couple other people, we went, we like, we climbed onto the top of this like makeshift construction office that they had had because they're getting ready for the inauguration. So we're like, oh, I was like, oh, this is sweet. We, everyone, I see like a bunch of these other media people climbing up there to get a better view. So I get up there too, and I'm doing like a lot of panoramic views and videos and stuff. I think I called into a show. Uh, oh yeah, I think I might have called into In Hot Water while I was there. I'm like, this is exciting. This is neat. And then I look over, I see a few people are starting to scale the uh the concrete wall of like the capitol building and but i see them just on the top of it like hey i climbed it It was almost just like a tough mudder you know like <laughs> yeah oh, like a spartan race to see if they can climb it uh and then i thought okay they're just on the other side of this fence like ah let me get a picture you know again i didn't see anybody doing any crazy shit i just was like oh they're just climbing up there to get a better picture and then we were talking to one of the guys that was working in construction for the inauguration and uh and he was just talking about how it's, how it was going to be private and how unless you had a lot of big bucks, they weren't opening it up to the public. So that was kind of exciting to learn like way back beginning of January, you know, what's going to go down with the inauguration. Right. And they had some scaffolding up and then some, you know, like people were climbing it and then this big flag drop um, down the side of it. And this and this guy. uh construction guy was like oh if the wind catches that right that'll act like a sail and then that whole thing will blow down and all those people will fall off and then we were like oh shit it really didn't <laughs> happen but again it was just like exciting people were just like climbing on top of stuff just just almost like to me like the way that like kids would i didn't see any violence it just was like oh people were trying to get a cool picture they're excited again there was like no police nobody stopping anybody it was but it was like very chill the vibe was very chill and like non-violent and then i would see in the distance like i think i was on the south side of the building and uh, sometimes i would see like a puff of smoke but i'd be like what or who are they trying to break apart like i couldn't really see very well from where i was and then later on when i met up and then we were there for like a few hours. We maybe left around like four or five o'clock because we were like, we really have to go to the bathroom. We really like people were like peeing in this construction office. Like 
peeing in a closet, like in cups. <laughs> like I was like, all right, that's bad. But it was yeah. cold, and people were going in there just to like charge their phones. And uh, the there was a construction guy in there as well that was kind of like letting people in and like passing out hand warmers and hot chocolate and stuff. So we felt really lucky to find like a little bit of like shelter and warmth and a place to charge our phones because at this point we'd all been out since 8 a.m. You know, like long, long day. We're cold. We're tired. We're hungry. So as we leave, we're checking our phones again. We're getting service. And then we were like, oh, shit, like people broke in, broke in, broke in. Like, wow, okay. Not quite figuring out what that means yet. And then so we get back to the hell, the hotel. I'm talking to my other guy friends who kind of like are in media, what they saw, what they experienced. They were on the other side of the building. And it was just sort of all putting it together. Like, oh, shit, like people got inside. Wow. Um so that was like it was it was such a shock to learn like oh that there was a few like crazy people who who, who like got in and then were like okay was this Antifa led was this you know what's going on here and then I would hear stories like yeah we saw some guy like trying to pass up a sledgehammer up the crowd and then they would like throw it they would like somebody would take it and be like what the fuck are you doing you know like they're actively people trying to stop break-ins and stop destruction um, again like these were all like patriots so if like they wanted to do an armed insurrection they could have very easily, very easily. Was armed. especially i know the fbi report yeah. came out that said zero firearms were recovered that yeah. day um that's the thing and this is again this is from my perspective i wasn't there and i'm also again i'm a libertarian so i have no stake in this right i don't give a shit i'm, I'm wa- i was watching this like whoa this is fucking all right what's going on here like you know I, i'm almost like a like a like a, like a spectator and uh you you watch the mainstream media for a little bit, and you're like, well, you know whatever they're showing you is bullshit. You know whatever they're showing you is fake, right? So you're like, all right, mm-hmm. but you still want to get a gauge of what the, the the feel is from them, right? So you're watching, you're like, all right, they're saying uh they're storming the Capitol. I'm like, all right, I'm like these look way less violent than every single riot I've seen all summer. So yep. I'm gonna say probably that's not true. Now I'm not saying they're not going in. Obviously they are, but then like, but then like this is what you gotta watch. Go on Twitter. And watch videos from people who were there on their cell phones that don't go through CNN and Fox News, and that's when you see all the real shit. Yeah, that's absolutely. the thing. That's and that's what I'm. And then we talk when you talk to your friends, that, like you know, especially your left leaning friends. A lot of them are like, well, that's not what I saw. I'm like, were you on Twitter? They're like, no, I saw on CNN. I'm like, that. There you go. Go on Twitter. If you just go on Twitter and that day and type videos, and go to videos and just go to like uh, Capital, you'll see yeah. hundreds upon hundreds of videos from people who were there. Being like, hey, get out of that chair. That's not your chair. Like, this, we don't. This doesn't belong to us. Like, I saw one video of a guy pleading, pleading to police, being like, "Are you gonna stop this?" Like, and he was all MAGA gear. He's like, right. "You guys are letting them in." Like, he was yelling, "You guys are letting them in," and the media never yeah. showed that video. But I watched it a hundred times on Twitter. It yeah. exists. We could watch it right now if we pulled it up. You know what I'm saying? And so I like, wonder if that is part of why certain people lost their social media accounts. Like I lost my Instagram account and I'm like, oh, I wonder if it was, you know, you never know what exactly it was from. Right. If it was something you posted or like, yeah, all the Jan 6 footage. I had. And I still have so much that I didn't post. It's still in my phone right now. Like that might be something I should do is just like see if I have anything else cool on there. But it was interesting to be like, okay, like you start learning and like that about it being a false flag and like, yeah, it was a perfect opportunity for them to try and like call any kind of like wild Patriots to see if they do anything fucking crazy and then just ram them with it forever, you know, like completely use it against everybody that was there and just the hypocrisy. Like that's what really is upsetting to people. It's like we're in two realities. It's like, 
when BLM does it, it's okay. And when Antifa does it, it's okay. Even even like a couple of years ago in 2018, they they had people. They had like the pussy hat gals come in. Uh, I don't know if it was in oh, relation to the Capitol. Oh, and they stormed. That's right. They actually stormed the Capitol. Right. They actually completely yeah, shut it down. That's yeah. right. I remember there was like um, AOC was there with all these women in pussy hats. And it's like, well, yeah, when Democrats do it, it's called participating in democracy. But when uh, patriots do it, it's called an insurrection. It's like it's a it's a public building. Like I, I guess there have been times in the past well, where people are able to just walk in but, and again, this is my, my my most libertarian stance on on this whole thing. Is like I don't give a shit if every single government building is destroyed. I don't care. Like it's I don't you know, you know what I'm saying that's not my I I care about private property and I care about people trying to protect their stores and their homes. Yeah, I don't give a shit if if, if the courthouse in Oregon burns down. Fuck it. Right. Like, I don't care. Are, In fact, I remember even when they were to, um yeah. back when like all that shit started uh, for all the police protests and they were like storming the federal courthouses or the Oh, you yeah, they lit oh. cop they lit they lit like um so many things on fire yeah, like even entire I was like right, but I was like yeah good I'm like keep it on the keep it on the government stuff I'm like don't bring that to the you know to the pro- and then of course you know didn't but I was like yeah I'm all for that I don't care cuz I'm a I'm an anarchist. I don't really shit. But once you start to bring it to the private property side, I'm like, no, now we're in a whole different category. These people didn't do anything to deserve. Oh, and then people have to post that we support black people or we're black owned, like people coming up with whatever and posting it in their window so that they don't get targeted. It's so sad. Yeah, that's it's wild. And even, by the way, going back to like uh, this, the disconnect online and like the lies and stuff, even when you you were there and if you saw like – how we were reading it, people were acting like you personally were like hanging Nancy Pelosi by the neck. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> that I personally was cheating on her desk or throwing up in the rotunda. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, they were like, "Chrissy is storming the Capitol." I'm like, I'm like, I think she's just out. I think she's just there yeah. outside reporting on the stuff. And they were making it sound like you were like leading the charge, like Washington on well, the crossing. Well, yeah, people are dumb, and they don't know the difference if they're not like politically involved or if they just have a steady diet of mainstream media. Like, yeah, and and at first I was annoyed. I was like, why the fuck is like Luisa Diaz, <laughs> random like Brooklyn comedy club, com- yeah. not even comedy club, <laughs> right. comedy room, booked right. Union Hall? Why is she like? retweeting my tweet where I said like, Oh, we're, we're walking to the Capitol. Why is she retweeting someone I never speak to retweeting and saying, I don't know what comics in LA are doing, but in New York, our comics are storming the Capitol. Right. And I was like, God, it's a desperate attempt for her to get attention. It looked like, cause I'm like, just these, most of these people just don't know the difference between somebody who was there to be at the event, support the event, cover the event versus people who are literally charging into the building and unfortunately like uh, like a lot of uh, i guess comics or bookers in the new york scene are were not smart enough to know the difference so after that was like a whole like yeah we need to make a list of all the comics who were there january 6th so we can make sure we never book them again and i'm like like you see all the people like jumping in on it it's like nobody you've heard of you know and it's like uh, it's this always... list is gonna be pretty strong pretty short it's gonna be like me and Kevin Downey Jr., who I don't even know worms <laughs> anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it really is. It, they get to spin anything they they want, and that goes to the whole. I don't know if you saw John Stewart last night on Colbert. Oh yeah. Oh, like he's some fucking hero for having common sense. <laughs> a year later. Wow. Well, my my, I guess my greater point is, if any of us said that a month ago. We wouldn't even be talking right now because we wouldn't like all my shit would be banned. 
Like, yeah. Isn't that wild? It's a safe like, take. <laughs> it's a very safe take to have in June of 2021 when like most of us have been saying this. Yeah. For Since... well over a year. And uh, it's too bad. It's too bad he didn't say this a year ago, six months ago. It's like, I guess it must be very a very safe take to have if Jon Stewart is now joking about it. He's one of the most lefty Hollywood comics, yeah. especially out there. So the fact that he... But even, it's, it's weird. Even Trevor Noah before, like a, like a few weeks ago, was uh, like, he's like, hey, this mask rules don't make sense. <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> right? It's, like, it's like, what? How did it become a partisan issue to have to fucking express common sense? Like, when did this? When did it become so insane? That's, that's the thing. It's like it's like, hey man, I'm not. Listen, I never said I was fucking smart or the smartest guy in the room. Or, but there is a part. part there is a point where it's like, hey, but you have eyes and ears, right? And common sense yeah. that we could all look around. Like uh, the G7 summit, they're oh, all God. standing together. Ooh taking pictures with so their masks with yeah. their masks on and then they sit down and take their mask and they're all the same exact distance it's like they move and they're all vaccinated and they're all like like who is this performance for is it for regular people because regular people aren't really watching or giving a shit about that is it, it it's like i don't know maybe it's for like a, the select group of people who are just like obsessed I, I, but, with international politics you know what though i think it because okay, there are a lot of regular people in this country, ev- everywhere, and you know, we all know, right? That that they're still completely all on board with the uh, with the hype, even though yeah. again, it, it couldn't be more clear, especially now. You know, I mean, California, uh, California compared to Texas and Florida with those numbers and all the all the lockdowns and man- I, it's especially like you yeah, know, you know what? It, it is mean, a performance for regular people. I take that back because yeah. they they think the average person is not going to sit and watch the whole thing, but they will see the clip yes. of the uh, the elbow the elbows touching and go look. The, all these world leaders, they don't think it's safe yet, and that's it. That they, they want that to be the chief takeaway. I mean, He's like, oh, we can't be normal yet. G- Gavin Newsom is at French Laundry in L.A. with a bunch of people that aren't his family unmasked eating at a restaurant and mm-hmm. he's like if you go though that's a fine in jail you can't open your business but i'll go to oh, this yeah. restaurant Pelosi getting her hair done <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Like, and that's what i'm saying it's like hey if does that again just on his face value does that make sense does that sound right to you guys does that sound right to you guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, 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 it's like i guess it's not that deadly and if you're able to just like go out willy-nilly yeah and then i'm sure you've seen uh tom woods i'm sure i'm sure tom woods is but he's big in the libertarian scene in uh but like he's posted all of the, the 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 mask and lockdown science and how it's been just severely detrimental and it's done zero good almost wow. <laughs> compared to you know the uh like because everything goes up right like suicide like, i think they said uh teenage suicide rate went up like a giant percentage well, wise since the last two years or last two, a year and a half because they're all they can't figure out zoom <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they can't do drugs with their friends in person, so they're just in their house yeah. doing drugs alone. <laughs> oh, my God. Drinking. They can't get away from their parents. They have no social outlet. Um, they, yeah, they have zero, I guess, identity or independence. Like, they don't have their, yeah, school time to just, like, breathe and be be their own selves. Where where do you think the this mass stuff is at? Next year, next summer, you think it's completely next summer gone by now? By then, I am encouraged by what I've seen in New York City so far because, like, it's I like to get because I'm in the city every Monday because I do my show Wet Spot about media, and uh, so it's a nice like temperature take of like where the city's at with masks. I remember like 
two Mondays ago, still 90% of the city is, was in masks. And then, so this past Monday, so the 14th, like literally yesterday, um, I noticed it was better. I was like, okay, it seems like maybe 75%, 80% of people are still wearing their masks like outside. I'm like, it's, it's getting to be like less, like it's, it's lightening up. So I was encouraged by that. But yeah, of course, like there's going to be, I think, probably like always 20% of either mentally ill or germophobic people or genuinely like ill people that are probably going to always wear them now. They're never going to deem it safe. So just to piggyback your point, uh, by the way, I'm from New York. I'm from Staten Island, but now I live I live outside of Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> it is, but Staten Italy it is what it is. You know, <laughs> you can't tell by the sleeveless shirt and the tats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I get it. I project what I come from. I know I come from trash. I am it. I get it. So no, but I uh, I live outside of Philly now, and this, our studio's in Philly. So uh, I'm driving, and I'm driving through like Kensington area, which is not great. And there's this dude who is doing the heroin zombie lean. Like he is just. In the middle of the street, almost, mm-hmm. just like you know, one of those. Oh yeah, and he's wearing a mask, so it's like this is being safe, right? <laughs> I'm like, so you're being safe, huh? Not from the heroin, <laughs> which is probably gonna kill you, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you got the mask on. So I also see people in because of PA, you don't have to wear a helmet to ride a motorcycle. People not wearing helmets, going 120 on the highway, but wearing a mask. I'm like, hey man, wow, priorities, huh? <laughs> you know, it's like, what are we doing here? Yeah, yet when they die, they'll still be like, died of COVID. <laughs> Which has happened. Yeah. Hospitals the ca- got sued already, like, by family oh, yeah. members. Like, I think some guy got shot to death. And the hospital was like, COVID, because it's a federal, they get federal grant money. They get for, money, yeah. And then the co- and the family was like, he was shot. <laughs> We're suing you, and they had to, like, overturn the death certificate cool. or anything like that. Them. But, yeah, the uh, drug use in, this, in New York City is way, way up. Way just up. from what like, I see yeah, and step over every day. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's bad. Even in Philly, like I, I, I notice way more open homeless drug use <laughs> driving through Philly. Jess, is that you notice that more open drug use through Philly, like open homeless drug use through Philly? Because you're, you're, yeah, right. Yeah, because they don't give a fuck. They are like, yeah. they're just the, the police have sort of like thrown their hands up. They don't want to lose their jobs. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, it's 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 wild. It's it really is wild, but. Again, off the whole just agenda power grab thing, I find it weird, so I want to get your take on this. Out of nowhere, the government's like, oh, yeah, by the way, aliens are real. They've always been real. And uh, you guys are actually crazy for believing they were not real at one point. Like, like, had like a complete, you know, like 180 of the government. What do you think is up with that? Like, do you have any take on the whole alien thing? or? I bet... Uh... It seems that if one wanted to create... Uh, an alien-related false flag. Mm. One would think that it's being perfectly set up to do so. Yes. And then if you if you've um, you know watched or closely like Bob Lazar or any of the what is it Area Fifty One stuff, it's like uh, the it looks like the government may have been able to reverse engineer alien spacecraft. We, we it's like there's a lot pointing to we already have this capability. Um, or if we don't, another country does. Um, but it certainly seems plausible that we've been able to do that. Just uh, and and there's so many other like little uh, like holes, like rabbit holes you can get into. Like the the one I'm into now is like 
the Tartarian mud flood that basically it gets into the theory of like that um, civilization has hid the presence of giants. Oh, from us, I've read up on that. And that they're the ones who built like the, they had an incredible architecture that they built. The the pyramids were built by them. Uh, that we have all these like giant giants bones that we've excavated that we've just kept hidden. The Smithsonian keeps it under wraps. Um, and and that's in, that's what's interesting to me lately is like what does what do global governments get out of um, keeping this information secret? But yeah, I mean, I've heard that like, what was it? Um, maybe FDR was the first president to to speak with uh, like alien life, and that, that that each president since has oh, has like somewhat yeah, interacted yeah, yeah. Um, with aliens or I, yeah, with the I've alien heard that representative. Too. Yeah, I've heard that it, too. Yeah, yeah, it could be a huge like distraction technique to sure. like to take the public's eye away from like the huge mishandling of COVID and like, um, just to spread. Yeah. Maybe it might just be like, false, Oh, look yeah. over here. Cause that's what every celebrity does when they want to right. drown out bad news. They create new news. Um, they don't refute the old stuff. They just like, Oh, look over here. I'm pansexual, trisexual, I'm bi, I'm triple gay. Um, and so maybe it's either the government is trying to distract from like their major fuck ups and, uh, the taking away of our rights. Like, Oh, well, look at aliens, right. you know, or they're trying to set up a false flag to, you know, maybe like cre create some sort of like, m like alien event, um, so that they can further their like sort of. So it's, it's, I call it the I call it the Watchmen theory. You ever see the Watchmen or read the Watchmen? Yeah. Uh, and if people don't know, uh, spoiler alert from 1980 something. But you know, uh, in the Watchmen, Ozymandias, he's like the smartest hero, or whatever. Of Russia and you know America, we're on the doomsday clock, bring a nuclear war, and Ozymandias is like, well, how can we unite the whole world together? Oh, I'll transport interdimensional aliens to major cities across the world, and they'll kill every, like kill millions of people, and then we'll have to be like, oh shit, we can't fight about each other. We have to unify under one world threat which mm. is aliens uh and then you just take that to a you know a practical uh, quote unquote right, and you make the aliens appear or disappear well, you don't have to do that you, you could them. just you could just blow something up and be like the aliens in it right <laughs> like, who the fuck absolutely <laughs> we don't know i mean i'm sure you've yeah, heard project you know Bluebeam. what because yeah the 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 american public were getting wise to other false flags we're like we're wise to 9-11 we're Shootings. wise to yeah. like the reasons why I've gotten into every war, every, every literally know, every, I, I talked about this like two, two podcasts ago, but like from world war one, at least to like the last from world war one on, it was, we were all lied into every single war from then. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. So maybe enough people are like wising up that they just need to like wipe a bunch of us out. Or maybe COVID did not, the, the, whatever they created was not strong enough to wipe out as many people as they had hoped. Um, because I know somebody who like, you know, works, with viruses and, sh and she's like yeah like it's just it's mutated weaker and weaker over time so right i guess in a way that they hadn't prepared and there's a lot of like <sighs> evidence out there to support that perhaps the variants are caused by a certain uh medical procedure which they are pushing on us very um, oh, got it. Right now, <laughs> got, it, got it. Yeah, yeah. We can't say that because <laughs> then we won't be on this channel. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps, but, but, but no, no, no. But I, I know what you're saying, though. There. But uh, yeah. yeah, I just don't. That, by the way, independently of everything, how I feel, conspiracy or not, with the with the vaccine stuff, like I never got a flu shot either because I'm like, well, I'm I'll just I'll bear it out. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? I, I think I only got the flu twice, maybe. And I'm 34. It's not bad. Yeah. 
I just I, I'm I'm I I'm, I stopped drinking also for that very reason. You know what I'm saying? So this yeah. isn't like a fuck vaccine. I'm like I just don't want to put shit in me that I don't think is I need. Or yeah, it's completely <laughs> unnecessary. It's not that big a deal if you get it. Um, right. In my in my opinion, like where I'm at health wise and age wise, if I get it tomorrow, I'll I'll be fine. Um, it's just that, like I I have a feeling I know what it'll be like if I get that versus if I get something where I don't know what the effects are going to be, you know, long term. Yeah, like, it's tangible. Like, I just, I, it's risk and, it's, it's risk, risk analysis, right? Like, it's yeah. everyday life. It's like, I, I look at this and go, well, okay, what's the death rate? Oh, super old or super, uh, vulnerable? Yeah. Well, I'm neither. Yeah. Sure, yeah. I have brain trauma. <laughs> sure, but I, I'll take, I'll roll the dice. I, I think that's, I think, I don't think that's going to matter that much. And, you know, it, yeah. and, and, and then, again, same thing, I, I, the same reason I stopped drinking. I'm like, I feel like shit. I'm getting fat. I don't want the way it makes my head hurt. <laughs> so I'm going to stop drinking. Yeah. I don't want to put this in me anymore. Again, I don't want to put shit in me that I just don't think is going to benefit. Right. And the way to do it is to like prove to the American public that the risks are worth it. Uh, the way to it's, – it's not the way is, is to what they've been doing, which is bullying and trying to use like uh, peer pressure to, or, or free donuts. That's not the way. Yeah, they're offering like season to tickets get... to like minor yeah. league teams. I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's – I don't know. I mean, I just the government doesn't. I feel like ever offer anything uh, voluntarily up, like information. Right. So of course. The, the the fact that going back to the alien thing as an example, the fact that again they've vehemently denied alien existence. Our government, especially since 1947, the Roswell thing, so right. much so that they would like sometimes ruin your life actively if you were like getting close to like being like a truth guy. Wow. And then all of a sudden they were like ah. Here's everything. Yeah. It's not weird to, I was just saying, it's on this face value there's again. Is that, we, is that our alarms? Something. Yeah, there's got to be a reason. Red flags to me. But whether, whether just a huge distraction or, yeah, like let's set the stage in case we plan some shit for six months to a year from now. Yeah. So I guess uh, we'll, 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 we'll take, let's take a sound on this. Um, who do you think runs against Biden uh, in 2024? Do you think it's even still Biden in 2024? <laughs> or do you think it's Kamala no. Harris by then? <laughs> and uh, do you think it's going to be another body, uh, Democrat win? Or do you think the right or libertarians, which we probably won't, but you know, have a shot? Uh, <laughs> yeah, poor libertarians. Hey, I think... we're, we're, we're going to pull our, our, our uh, pull to Dave Smith and have him go and have him run. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be interesting to see. Like, yeah. I hope Joe Jorgensen doesn't run again. No, no, no. no. We're, it's gonna be, we're really going to try to get Dave to do it. <laughs> wow, that'd be very cool. Yeah. I think I would, he might have my vote. Yeah, I think it'll probably be DeSantis. I don't know if he's going to run with Trump or with somebody else. Um, no, Biden is not going to run again. I think I'm surprised he's lasted this long. I'm surprised the Kamala takeover hasn't already happened. But I think probably probably by the end of the year, she might be uh, yeah. solo there. Did you see his speech the other day? It was it was oh, literally it was literally incoherent. <laughs> it was wild. Speech is such a generous <laughs> word for what happened there. Yeah, this the it's a crazy how low the bar is for him. That even if he just completes a sentence, people are like, oh my god, <laughs> he still got it. You know, <laughs> like you're doing great, champ. He's like, thanks. <laughs> Doing great. He must be exhausted. He must be like really unhappy, really uh, like not into it at this point. I, I don't know what kind of drugs they they're having him take to like be up, but there's no way he can be happy with the with the situation. No, no, for no. sure not. All right, so 
Yeah, I mean, we definitely covered a lot. It's, it's super cool, uh, interesting from your first-hand take of actually being there. So it's cool to actually speak to that instead of just, you know, all second- and third-hand stuff. But, uh, Chrissy, tell everybody where they can find you, your podcast, uh, any show dates coming up. I see you're actually going to be by me, I think, kind of soon. Oh, yes. We're going to be in Bethel, PA this yeah. Friday, uh, June 18th, the Pat Garrett Amphitheater. That's Comedians of the Compound. So myself, Anthony Cumia, Aaron Berg, Gino Bisconti, uh, some more of the – the dudes get tickets for that uh let's see i'm gonna be in the jersey shore next month um J- uncle Vinny's J- july 17th and then jinx on the boardwalk july 20th uh i'm doing a couple of dates in new orleans uh august 13th and 14th and then i'll be in vegas with comedians of the compound september 10th and 11th and then back to hyenas in dallas september 17th and 18th so as tickets become available i will be putting them on my website chrissymayer.com and yes if you are interested more in the january 6th stuff um i did an episode recently with elijah schaefer and um julio torres i think his name is he he works for town hall he's like a legit reporter and they were both at jan 6 as well and um i think both got inside the building so you could hear their take on what they saw and i think we all were pretty drunk when we recorded that episode so that's kind of an interesting <laughs> one and yeah just check out the chrissy mayor podcast um a lot of fun interviews with all types of people and then yeah the wet spot on compound media mondays at 7 30 p.m eastern Awesome. And uh, again, guys, you can check me out at another on all the stuff. Uh, just please, again, like, subscribe to YouTube, notifications, comment, all that good stuff. And again, July 10th, Shalfon PA. That's, uh, uh, we're really trying to pump that. It will sell out. So Shalfon PA at the pop-in. It's uh, myself, Neil Wood, Andrew Thomas, Jesse Dram, and uh, Tyler Rothrock. Uh, come on out. I'm telling you, it will sell out quick. So tickets are up on all of our social medias. Come on out. Chrissy, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, super awesome. Thank you. And see you guys later next time. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for listening. Find Adam on social media, Twitter and IG at Adam Nutter or Facebook and TikTok at Adam Nutter Comedy. And for podcasts and merch, check out www.droptent.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.